Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and our sixth episode of Rebels Talk as we journey through Star Wars Rebels leading up to Ahsoka. And here we are sitting here, season two in the Escape Pod. Today we are talking about episode one through four from the Siege of Lothal to the Lost Commanders and Relics of the Old Republic. Season two, let's get into it. landing. Hello there. Hello there indeed. Season two. Uh, Say again. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> yeah, man. Season hello, two. Hello there. Yeah, for a second there, I thought you were going to miss explaining that part. Everyone oh. will think we're starting over again. No, season two? <laughs> season two trip you up? Well, you didn't mention it. You just said episodes one through four. Did I? I, yeah. I don't know. I feel, I don't know. I thought I said season two. All right. Well, season two, everybody. Season two. I mean, we are Rebels, Rebels Talk part six. So, I mean, uh, unless my counting's off. I think we're into season two at this point. And, uh, you know, I hope everyone is uh, stuck with us so far. I hope uh, a lot of our listeners have enjoyed Rebels Talk so far. I see. <laughs> and hopefully you haven't been waiting too long for episodes because I know the release date for Ahsoka gets closer and closer. <laughs> it draws ever near. Uh, however, we do have um, a way to track our progress. And if you hit our link tree up or if you go to our Twitter feed in the bio, there's a link to our link tree. You can find it on the Discord as well. And uh, there's something called podcast archives in there. And uh, you can go to a spreadsheet where it tells you release dates and what's coming up, what's been released, what's on YouTube uh, for all our episodes going back to the very beginning. And there's a tab at the top called Rebels Talk. And if you hit that, you can actually see the progress of each and every episode in order from season one to season four as to whether or not we have actually recorded something for it or or you know what's up next what's been finished uh what's what's coming down the road and uh, which rebels talk episode it will be a part of so that way you know which episodes to watch next uh in anticipation for the next episode of rebels talk so uh you know we're super glad that you all uh, are tuning in joining us for this journey and hopefully we can catch up to the end of season four before ahsoka hits disney plus right oh i hear yeah because we got about a month so that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, by my calculations, uh, we will be finished season. Well, we'll be on uh, part 11 of, of Rebels Talk before uh, before episode one and two of Ahsoka drops. And uh, and part 11 of, of Rebels Talk, incidentally, 
is uh, the end, the very last episode of season three <laughs> or, or season, season or season two, I think it is actually. Sorry. Yeah. Season two, the end of season two. So we got uh, basically halfway through the show, <laughs> assuming yeah. that we only put out one per week. Right. Well, I think our listeners might have to be excited then because we might have to speed this up. We might be dropping two per week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and well, let's not forget season four is actually not a full length season. It's actually uh, it's actually a bit shorter. So well, that's helpful. Uh, yeah. So the math actually is kind of on our side a little bit. Uh, but yeah, there you well, go. You know what they say? Never tell me the odds. That's right. <laughs> uh, very quick mention to our uh, very special Orbit Key giveaway. If anyone has not thrown their name in the hat uh, before we dive into the the substance of Star Wars Rebels here, uh, just check out the, the description below. I talk about it every episode now, but uh, check out the description. Hit the link. Toss your name in. Um, what can I say? You, you got a chance of winning a free key organizer. I mean... And the Star Wars related, like, why would you do that? Right? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, just why would you not put your name in a hat to possibly win this thing? It's free like swag. It's, yeah, mailed all the way from Australia just for you. Plus, you get the bonus of signing up for more Star Wars Escape Pod content. That's that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you get your choice of either X-wing, Tie Fighter, Death Star, or Millennium Falcon from the retro series Star Wars collection. If you're super desperate for one of the previous character ones, maybe we can swing it. You, know, you, get, the, you get this nice collectible box with a sleeve. Oh. oh. <laughs> Good luck to all our entries. Let's uh, transition into uh, Rebels Talk. <laughs> All right, here we go. So, uh, Rebels Talk, Season 2, Episode 1 and 2. These uh, first episodes in Season 2 are called The Siege of Lothal, Lothal, Part 1 and Part 2. They were uh, written by Henry Gilroy, directed by Bosco uh, NG. How do you say that last name? Bosco. Bosco. Uh, Sure. Yeah. It's two letters. We'll just call you Bosco. Bosco. Uh, Brad Rowe and Dave Filoni premiered April 18th, 2015 as Celebration Anaheim and made its television debut on June 20th on Disney XD. Guest stars uh, Bosco, <laughs> Brad Rowe, and Dave Filoni. Uh, that's pretty nuts. They they had they had uh, visual, you know, they had audible, um, audible presence in these episodes, I guess. And this doesn't include Chopper? I get, I get, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Because Dave isn't wasn't that confirmed? Dave Filoni is the voice of Chopper. He is, yeah. I don't okay. think that. I don't know. Maybe it was a secret for so long. Yeah, this was what this was what it said. Guest stars those people. So unless I just wrote it down incorrectly, I don't know. Uh, on a, <laughs> quality information, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> on orders to hunt down the rebels and especially the Jedi among them, Darth Vader begins an oppressive campaign against Lothal's uh, populace. Sorry, I lost my place there. In order to find the group. In order, thank you. In order to find the group. Uh, my font is too small. <laughs> <laughs> the, I'm not reading an Orbesh, everybody. The ghost crew starts working with the wider rebel cells, but are divided between joining the larger network and waging open war on the Empire, or staying out of a large-scale fight. The situation is even more complicated when Minister Maketh Tua, fearing punishment for failing to neutralize the Lothal rebels, tries to defect to them in order to escape Vader. 
offering to reveal the truth behind why the emperor wants the, the planet. Uh, it's also worth noting she's really wanting to escape Tarkin rather than Vader himself, but uh, we'll get into that. However, Vader uses this to his advantage and orchestrates Tua's murder by shuttle explosion, framing the rebels for the act and turning Lothal's population against them. The, the ghost crew tries to flee, but are cornered by Vader, who injures Kanan and Sabine and nearly kills Ezra before they finally escape. After being smuggled off-world by Lando Calrissian to escape the Empire, the demoralized crew meet up with Ahsoka's rebel cell, but Vader pursues them and proceeds to wipe out most of the rebel ships, discovering Ahsoka's presence during the mental, a mental encounter via the Force. Ahsoka is horrified to discover that Vader is in fact her former master, and her mind is temporarily overwhelmed in the process. She later joins the ghost crew as they vow to join the wider fight against the Empire. Darth Vader later reports Ahsoka's existence to Emperor Palpatine, who issues Vader new orders to dispatch another one of their Inquisitors to capture the crew of the Ghost. And uh, that is the end of the two-part story. So uh, what did we think of this? You know, it's a, it's a, it seems to me that Star Wars Rebels always starts and ends with a two-parter, which is kind of interesting, uh, while all the other episodes aren't really story arcs, whereas Clone Wars, like, throughout the entire thing is just story arc after story arc. After the first two seasons. Right, yeah, after the first two seasons, yeah. And I know we had speculated a lot that that might be the same case here. They start out small, and the stuff gets bigger. And I think that does to some degree in the final season. Right. But it never really hit the same stride as Clone Wars. In that the thing is with Clone Wars, even though season one and two didn't have too many story arcs in there, later when you do the chronological order, a lot of those singular episodes become part of a story arc. So like there's still like there's still like a lot of story arcs, but they just kind of happened later, sort mm -hmm. of thing. If that makes sense, yeah. They were broken up. In yeah. The first two seasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because season one and two are kind of fractured over like you know you kind of watch them mixed with like season three and four and stuff. Mm. It's kind of weird. Uh, I'll never understand why they did that. No, no. <laughs> who knows, right? Who knows? I think as the show improved, they kind of realized like, oh, we can go back and like. You know, make this stuff better. <laughs> Still think it's just George can't release things in order, just like how he did the middle section first. Yeah, like <laughs> right. Um, when you do Jedi Fallen Order, you know, make sure you plan out the second and the third one. Release the second one first, then the third one, and then go back and release the first one and call it a prequel. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, it, that's just his pattern. Yeah, it's just the pattern. Everything yeah. he writes. Yeah. <laughs> start with the good part. Yeah, just start in the middle. Just always start in the middle. You know, pick up a book, pick up a book and read the damn middle <laughs> all the way to the end. And then you go back and start it over again. <laughs> and the first half is fresh. <laughs> Maybe fresh. this is his thinking that you'll be able to sell more stuff because then you'll go back and you'll, people will help go back and watch the first yeah. section, which was a prequel. And by then there'll be a new released content of the of the middle and the second part. Yeah. <laughs> And that, now there's going to be like two or three other books that are like, yeah, now this entire book takes place between chapters four and, and, and eight. <laughs> I just wedged in there, a whole novel. <laughs> this yeah. changes canon. <laughs> uh, Darth Vader's conversation with Minister Tua makes Tarkin as the big bad guy here, not necessarily Vader himself. Vader makes her nervous, but then once he kind of mentions, oh, you'll be seeing Tarkin tomorrow, 
you know, that's what really freaks her out. And she's like, why? You know, like, does I, she not know who Vader is? She does, I think. But like, like, she does know who Lord Vader is, but she's not necessarily afraid of him in the same way that she's afraid of Tarkin, which is kind of weird to me. Like when I was watching how that, how that conversation played out, mm. it's almost like Vader was there doing his duties, but also to deliver the news that Tarkin is expecting her the next day. Right. And because of her failure to, uh, to be what she is, she's an Imperial Senator. Right. So like, you know, to, to, to Senator, I thought she was like governor or whatever. Uh, she's like, she's like minister, minister. Uh, maybe she's not. Yeah. She's minister McKeth to us. So I don't know what minister is to Lothal. I, I don't know if that's the Senator or, or like the equivalent maybe or something. But, uh, to me, it just felt like she was sort of the, the top tier level person in government on Lothal. And the way it seemed to me was that she was kind of supposed to report to Tarkin which I thought was kind of interesting because he's a grand moff. Like he's like mm -hmm. a military guy. So I don't really know how that connection works necessarily. I remember, but this is a situation where we kind of need Bryce. Yeah. Sort of thing. Or, yeah, I, I don't know. Moffs also were like looked over regions. So like to be planetary leaders. Yeah, well. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I don't, maybe because it involves rebels. Maybe that's why he was involved. Cause like he did show up at the end of season one and he was there. Right. So we know that he's kind of actively present in the hunt for the guru, the ghost. But to me, I guess I thought it was a bit strange that she didn't necessarily fear Vader the way that she feared Tarkin when it was brought up that like, Oh, you got to go like meet him tomorrow. And Vader himself says this. And you know, she almost like, that's so strange. This, yeah. This, giant figure in all black yeah and you're with his mask the, the scariest looking samurai dude. mask yeah and he's like oh look out for tarkin yeah yeah exactly <laughs> scared about that i mean, i just thought it was kind of weird That's but strange uh, why is vader being a lackey for that i have no idea no idea uh ezra always feels cold around the dark side and uh, this is something that kanan feels as well as something that's been brought up in lore before uh, something that's brought up in the books quite a bit, but, uh, do you feel emphasis on this when you watch Star Wars Rebels? Like, do you feel like, like the, describing the dark side as like a cold kind of feeling like, you know, a chill up your spine, you know, something like that. Do you feel like that's a good way to kind of describe how maybe how the Jedi feel around the dark side or, or. Or, or what? Because in the Clone Wars movie, when Ahsoka and Anakin are walking through the desert, um, she describes the feeling of feeling the dark side of the force as well. And Anakin describes, he's like, it's the dark side of Ahsoka, you know, and then he, like, they keep walking across the desert. But uh, I don't know. I was just kind of curious. Like, what were your thoughts on that? Like, just. You know, I'm trying to think of all the different situations where it's come up because I feel like it doesn't often refer to it as a feeling. Yeah. Because um, I know the main difference is supposed to be when you're working with the light side of the force, you're more or less working with the force. Yeah. So you're kind of flowing with it, right? You know, let the force flow through you. But when you're with the dark side, you're trying to force it, like, willfully to do what you want. Yeah, and as far as like temperature control, I'm not sure about that. No, yeah, it's brought up. If I can, uh, if I can find it here, like I'll 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 play a clip in a little bit. But yeah, um, I know 
I think it's last season we're just talking about Ezra mentioned is that right he's like I feel so cold yeah yeah it's it's in the it's in season one I think as well when they battle the Furnox I think or, mm-hmm. or the Inquisitor for the first time um, and and again kind of when they when they face off against against Darth Vader um, but yeah it, it was like it, I just thought it was an interesting way to kind of describe you know the the feeling that I guess a Jedi could have uh, around around the dark side and um, yeah, let's, uh, actually, hold on. I, I've got it. I've got it right here. Uh, let's take a quick listen and, uh, you know, we can yeah, hear this. Right. Shield generators, military grade. I'll just fast forward a little bit. There we go. Do you feel that? Yeah. So, yeah. So the way that Ezra is described it, like Kanan, when he says the cold, like he's, he's saying that in reference to how Ezra has felt about it before, mm. but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of, you know, just different, right? Like different than I, I thought being Anakin, being Darth Vader, his, his anger, his hate, like to hot. me, that'd be hot. That's right? what I was thinking too. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like, like sweating or something, like something's wrong with me or like, you know, memories of Mustafar. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just like something more kind of in line with like, you know, the character and, and, uh, well, maybe it's cold as in they can feel the lack of the force around it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I think maybe that's what it is. Uh, like a cold emptiness. Right. Right. Yeah. There was, there was something, uh, here, let, let me see it. Clone Wars movie. Let me let me see if I can play. I don't know if this is where it is or not, but let's let's just see. So Anakin and Ahsoka are walking across the desert. I sense it too. It's the dark side of the Force. So Ahsoka says we're not alone. Coming for the hut. Time to split up. We'll face it together, Master. Not this time, Snips. I have a far more important mission for you. More important than keeping you alive? Ahsoka, I need you to trust me on this one. All right, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I don't know. She like she just, she just kind of feels a presence and goes like, oh, we're not alone. And she's like uneasy about it, but it's not like necessarily like a chill or whatever. So I just, I did, I, maybe I'm just overanalyzing here and I don't want to dwell on it, but like I just thought it was kind of a unique thing that I've not really... It, you know, heard too much more than maybe in a book somewhere like that. Yeah. Someone feels like a literal, like cold presence, you know, in the, in, in around evil, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I think I have the same thoughts on it. I think it's, it might be new. There might be something that they maybe added here. Yeah. Uh, or is referencing something I'm just not aware of. I think it, it's, it's a fine addition. I'm not concerned about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Minister Tua actually dies. So yeah. someone died in Star Wars Rebels, everybody. <laughs> it wasn't the thousands of stormtroopers that get shot or stunned every episode. That's right. I mean, uh, we must applaud. Someone died. Someone notable died in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, that's right. Uh, bit of an inside joke there, but you know. Uh, yeah, so she's gone. Uh, the fight with Vader, that was cool. Uh, 
I, I thought it could have been maybe better, <laughs> but um, uh, it was all right. It was I, all right. Do you think it was too much that Vader got trampled on with all, all those ATSDs or whatever? I think, do you think he should have been smarter than that. I think personally, even though they didn't really get any hits on him, I think he was really going easy on them. Yeah, I think I think, uh, you know, we're talking about Kanan, you know, the most he's I mean, like, yeah, he fought the Grand Inquisitor and I guess like beat him. So, like, I guess he's got some skills there. Um, let's not even like talk about Ezra's skill because he's got like, you know, not very much skill when it comes to Darth Vader and a lightsaber. Right. So like Kanan being like the only one of like relevant skill to fight Darth Vader. I don't know. I just felt out of all the content that we've had over the years from the Jedi game series to Kenobi to whatever. I just like, I thought like I got the feeling he was going super easy on these guys. They might've been referencing Empire Strikes Back where he was, Vader was going easy on Luke. Yeah, maybe, but that's different. That's his son. And he knows it. Right. He's trying to make a connection. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think if, if he would have just walked all over him, it probably would have shown his power better. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I will say, though, Darth Vader using the Force on Ezra to almost cut his own head off with his own lightsaber was pretty sweet. That was pretty cool. You know, it, it, I remember when I watched the episode for the first time ever. I was like, do yes. It, do it. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and then it didn't happen. I was like, no! <laughs> I was waiting for some line. Just watch yourself. You might lose your head. <laughs> uh, Lando's return to the story and his droid is pretty awesome. He's uh, He's got a protocol droid with a super southern accent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How oh, may I help you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, yeah, I don't think we've seen any droids with... Southern accents, haven't we? No, we haven't. We like British and American. The only time I've seen a protocol droid with a southern accent is when we saw the Oral Knots YouTube versions of Star okay. Wars Jedi Jedi Party. Remember when we watched those ones, the Jedi Party series? Which character though? Uh, TC fourteen from the Phantom Menace. She comes in with the tray, and she's got a southern accent. Oh my gosh! Southern, sorry. <laughs> However, it's pronounced different. Different regions pronounce it differently, so I don't know. I don't know what the correct is. It southern or south? Southern. I don't. Southern. Southern. Uh, <laughs> same thing. Uh, Tarkin Town is burned to a crisp, which was pretty dark. I think that was probably the darkest thing in this oh, episode. They just burned an well, innocent village. Remind me of Kenobi they, a lot. It did say that they evacuated everyone, though. They oh. just torched their homes. Oh, man, they weren't burned alive. Okay, could have been better then. <laughs> <laughs> could have been better. Something in this episode is uh, Kanan doesn't want to be part of the rebellion. That it's was the XD man. They're not going to burn the entire <laughs> village of citizens. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to be realistic here. Like the first Star Wars movie ever, they burned Owen and at you know Owen and Baru, right? So I'm yeah, like, but they weren't showing that on the Family Channel. Yeah, do they? I mean, like, I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like Star Wars is a family film. You know Next what I mean? Next time, PBS Kids. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, something in this episode is a is a high, uh, of a highlight in, in the story is that Kanan doesn't want to be part of the rebellion. He makes that very clear to Hera. You know, he's he's got kind of the PTSD 
hunted down by clone troopers as a boy sort of thing, you know, Order 66 when he was like 13 or whatever it was. He uh, also traveled the galaxy, right, with his master seeing war-torn planet after planet. Yeah, he's seen how the war devastates innocent people, right? And especially with Tarkintown, you know, coming up as a, as a subject in this matter. Um, he's not a fan of wars at all. Like he's, he's fought in them himself. He's seen what they do to the Jedi, to the, to people in general, to anyone who's, who takes part in it. He's, he's not down for, for being part of another military organization. His whole thing is we rebel because we, we steal from the empire and give back to the needy. He just wants to be in the way and like, yeah, he wants to feel like he's doing something, but right. Not on a grand scale. Yeah, exactly. So he wants really, to be helpful to people who need desperate help, and he wants to be a prick in the Empire's backside, but mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be right. part of the larger military, you know, activity to try and actually bring it down. Yeah, so just, as, as I guess you just said right now, help the pe- local people, but he doesn't actually want to overthrow the Empire. Yeah, the That's question is, like, does job. he, and at this point it's worth, no, like, maybe wondering, like, Maybe he just doesn't believe it. Maybe he just doesn't think that they can do it, right? Like, well, if you look at the scales, right, the size of the Empire versus, like, their... He's only really seen their small band, right? Well, I guess the cells are now unified as of this season. Well, they, so I think they're slowly kind of coming together. But, yeah, there, there, there is a, a bit of a unification now at this point. It's just not massive. Yeah, it, it's basically hundreds versus trillions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Or, like, yeah, many millions of, of imperial workers, right? Like, it's, it's a little crazy. And, you know, I think he says that at one point when they're watching Tarkin Town burn. I think he, he says to Ezra, he's like, there used to be, like, 10,000 Jedi Knights you know, protecting the galaxy uh, when I was a boy, he says, but now it's just you and me and like the crew of the ghost. And like, mm-hmm. that's all he knows that there is, right? Like, and yeah, there might be a larger rebellion going on, but as he doesn't like, who could possibly think that's enough, right? Like you watch any Star Wars movie ever. And that's kind of the point. The, the point is that this isn't enough realistically, but it is. Right. And that's the whole idea. And he I don't think at this point believes that they can make any kind of change on a grand scale. Like he thinks that the their best purpose is really just, you know, trying to help as many people in need as possible. But really, that's just kind of a broken record band-aid situation. The Empire's just going to come and swing it somewhere else and, you know, cause same pro- the same problems again. Yeah, they're not so, making a huge difference. I mean, no. I'm sure those people being helped are thankful, but right. scale-wise, number of people not being helped are in similar yeah. worse situations. And they, they're paying the price. Like, they're watching this town burn as a consequence for what they've been doing on Lothal. Yeah. You know, and the Empire's trying to turn the people against them. So, like, how much more can they do? You know, like how much, how many more people can they help before, before all they're doing is bringing trouble to wherever they go. And then people just don't want, don't want their help because it's like, well, wherever you guys go, you know, that's why they hated the Jedi. That's why all the Republic people, the citizens of the galaxy, they started turning their backs on the Jedi because like wherever you guys go, that you bring this stupid war with you. Just get out of here. I'm a neutral system. Just leave. Yeah. They're better off not being helped because then. Yeah the bad stuff doesn't come to them either. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's all Palpatine's plan, right? Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, there was another thing here. Um, Zeb mentions the honor guard 
And uh, this is a reference to his past, you know, when it, uh, it comes up later. I think there's a whole episode at one point where we actually get into Zeb's past, but he mentions... It's also uh, very briefly in the very first episode. Ah, yes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. So, like, he doesn't talk about it much, but, like, I think he says uh, when they're talking about whether or not they should be part of this rebellion movement, you know, he's like, yeah, reminds me of the honor god, you know, and, like, I guess he he kind of feels at home a little bit, you know, being a soldier again. Mm-hmm. So he likes it. <laughs> likes the way the buckets just feel in my hands I clobber them together. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I want to see at some point in a live action Star Wars show. I want to see Zeb just take two stormtroopers by the head, go wham, and smash them again. knock them out. Yeah, I want to see that. So yeah, bad. that'd be a good cameo. We'll have to wait and see if, oh, they, yeah. if that's in the I mean, he showed series. up in uh, Mandalorian, so... Who says we can't see him again, right? Yeah, very briefly. Yeah, right? very briefly. Yeah, it was cool, though. Best cameo ever. <laughs> Other than Luke. <laughs> uh, Vader's fighter skills absolutely wreck the Rebel fleet and uh, connects with Ahsoka through the Force. Uh, like the summary said, it, and I think later in Season 2, um, you know, Ahsoka does kind of maybe, a, I think maybe come to terms with maybe what she's feeling as to who it could be. But I think right now, the most important thing is uh, she just doesn't believe it, right? Like her mind is not accepting who it is. It's like Obi-Wan. We just went through the same thing with the Obi-Wan series. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he just can't, can't do it. You know, he, he can't even bring himself to kill Anakin Vader, right? Like he just, he's just done. He's just got to walk away. He's like, you know, I can't do this anymore. Like it's just too much. And like maybe her mind just could not believe Literally, that that was Anakin, right? So she kind of whites out for a moment there, and she's like, well, "What the heck just happened?" But Vader, you know, he's he's got a good grip on things. So like, you know, he he's he's now aware that she's out there, that she's alive, and he he's been looking for her for a long time. I think Anakin has always suspected mm-hmm. that Ahsoka survived, and even though he found her lightsabers at the end of the Clone Wars finale, like there was that right, yeah. that flash forward mm-hmm. scene, which is kind of undetermined as to when that takes place. But uh, he picks up her lightsabers out of the snow and turns them on and just kind of looks up at the sky. And you see the bird that's associated, the, 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 owl. the little owl thing, yeah, associated with Ahsoka flying around in the sky. And it's just kind of like, I it kind of hints that, it, it just hints yeah. to you that it's like, oh, maybe he, maybe he knows what she did here. Like, who else would put all these clone trooper helmets on pikes like that, you know? Right. Someone had to have lived. Someone had to have it. done it. Yeah. That's true. Just, you know, Star Destroyer doesn't crash and they just have graves. Exactly. Exactly. Um, when Kanan says the fear, the anger, the hate, you know, well, I don't know if that's good at Kanan impression or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. Everybody. <laughs> Haven't filled a presence like that since. Uh, and then Ahsoka says, uh, the Clone Wars. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, he says, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. At it. Um, yeah. But uh, did, did the Jedi. Okay. So what I'm talking about here is uh, when Ahsoka and Kanan are talking about who they felt in the, in the, in the TIE fighter. Right. Um, did Kanan, was he reaching out as well? Yeah. They were both. You know, he had oh, his hand right. on their shoulder. Right. So, okay. So the, the, what, what I'm trying to say here is like, they felt the fear, the anger, the hate, they didn't feel the cold. <laughs> 
They didn't feel chills, yeah. right? Like what they were, like what Ezra's feeling. They well, felt. Well, they say it's him, as in reference to. No, uh, well, yeah. So, 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 uh, yeah. Ezra did. Ezra felt the cold, and then he yeah. said, "It's, it's. I think I know who it is. It's, it's the guy. Is, it's the one that we fought on uh, Lothal." And you know, meanwhile, while he, while he's talking, like in my head, I'm like, dude, dude, "Shut up, kid!" Like, <laughs> well, I want to hear what Ahsoka's thinking right now. And uh, you know, they're they're talking about it, and and uh, you know, he. To me, I just thought like, okay, did all the Jedi feel that when he turned? Because like to Kanan, that presence felt familiar because the way that he says it, he says, I haven't felt that fear, anger, and hate. You know, it's a presence I haven't felt like that since. And then Ahsoka connects with his, finishes his sentence and says the Clone Wars. And so like they're both, they've both felt that before. So to me, I, I thought to myself, well, I can imagine Ahsoka feeling that around Anakin from time to time, but you know, Caleb Doom sensing that like, like, yeah, that's weird. Like I was like, did it, So my question to the room is, did all the Jedi feel and Darth Vader's presence when, when he just lit up the order, like the temple or did when the purge happened, when order 66 went down, like it, did people feel Darth Vader's presence when that happened? Like, oh. I know Yoda felt something when Anakin turned, but like, I didn't think any other Jedi kind of felt anything. Right, but this kind of tells me otherwise. Is it specifically referring to Anakin though? Because it could be just referring to last time they felt the presence of a Sith Lord. So it could maybe, be maybe that's what I I thought. That's a watching. that's probably the best way to because I thought it was just a little strange that maybe maybe it's just I don't know. I thought it was very specific to Anakin. You know the you have fear, you have anger, but you don't use them. You know, like it's something very associated with Anakin to be mm. fearful and angry and hateful, right? Like that's, that's an Anakin thing. It's a guy just made to be a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's also a Sith thing. It, it is true. But like the Sith use those things, right? Like they don't, they don't just emanate it out and, and do nothing with it. Right. But like, I mean, Darth Vader has got so much power and he, he literally emanates these things out of him in like a battery, but, um, you know, we're talking about the, the chosen one on dark side steroids here. So like really it's to me, I just thought like, okay, that's an interesting question to think about because I mean, we're talking about the presence of, of, of like the most powerful Sith Lord ever, you know, at, at a time in which the Jedi are going down like flies. And I don't know. I just thought like, maybe there's something more going on that m perhaps we just didn't see in the movie. Um, maybe in the Clone Wars finale, maybe Ahsoka has a moment, you know, where she also feels something and you can hear it in the music, that ominous music. Maybe, maybe she does know something's up and can't quite tell what it is until it happens. Right. And I think that's sort of went, went down, but I didn't think it was Anakin specific stuff. Right. Anyways, I just thought she doesn't believe it. She can't accept that it's Anakin. Kanan doesn't, probably even know much about who Anakin was. You know, he was quite young when he may have passed him in the halls mm -hmm. or whatever. I mean, we might get some more answers towards the end of this season because yeah. I know, I guess, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader does show up later. There's more of a interaction between him and Ahsoka. So then we'll get a better grasp, I think, to fill in some of these blanks. Mm -hmm. 
because I can't remember the specific details. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vader contacts Palpatine at the end of this episode, and uh, it's worth noting that Sam Witwer provided the voice for Palpatine in this episode, so he actually should have been under the guest star list. The guest star list. Uh, the, the death way, star list. The, <laughs> <laughs> the death star list. The way that Vader talks about Ahsoka was amazing. So well scripted. You know, the way that he kind of describes, like, you know, the... Uh, the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker, sort of, you know, he's alive. And then Palpatine's like, are you sure? And then he kind of pauses for a moment and goes, it was her. You know, he's like, just kind of like. Just like the Luke. He kind of breaks yeah. the third person sort of thought of how he describes people in Anakin's life. And he puts himself back in the shoes of Anakin Skywalker when he says, it was her. Mm-hmm. Because only Anakin knows who Ahsoka is, right? It's like anytime you see Anakin uh, or Vader, I guess, fight Obi-Wan, the idea of him no longer being Anakin can sometimes get blurry. Right. You know, and it's... He's distanced himself so much from who he was. Yeah, anytime you see him... Right, exactly. Anytime you see him ever with any other opponent, like, he's always so distant from Anakin Skywalker. But when you ever see him with Ahsoka or Obi-Wan or even Luke... He's kind of reassociated again with with who he once was, and the line gets blurred again. So when he says it was her, it just didn't sound like something that Vader would say. It's it sounds like it sounds like that's Anakin in the suit saying it was her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Is that the way that you kind of heard that come out as well, or or maybe it's just me? I don't know. I didn't look that deeply into it, if I'm honest. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picked these uh, things apart here. <laughs> yeah, for me, I guess I'm just comparing it more to that exact interaction between Vader and Palpatine, but yeah. when they're talking about Luke. Right. Wait, oh, sorry, what? When they're talking about and Luke? And Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so when they're talking about Luke, right, like, he says, like, the son of Skywalker. Yeah. The son of Anakin Skywalker. So I don't think Anakin was even a, a name in canon yet. No, but 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 when things get blurry, though, is when not only when he says, I am your father. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's such a big moment, because that's when the line is blurred all of a sudden for the first time when people are like, you know, seeing seeing this unfold. Uh, but but really after that, in Return of the Jedi, you know, when he's when he says that to Palpatine, you know, in the hologram, um, sorry, no, that's an Empire Strikes Back. Uh, w- sorry, when he's talking to Luke on the on the bridge. Right. Mm-hmm. Um uh, when Ad, when he calls him by his name, yeah, and he, you know he's like, I come to accept that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. He's like, he turns around really quickly. He's like, that name mm-hmm. no longer has any meaning for me, and it's it's just like so touchy. All of a sudden, that's like, oh damn, like yeah. <laughs> you know, like like it's just uh, it's just one of those things that's like all of a sudden he just breaks character of Darth Vader, and he goes, that name no longer has any meaning for me. Like, I don't know, like, it's, it's like, it's, I guess it's sort of like, he's sort of accepting the fact that like, yeah, no, that, that was my name, but it's no longer my name. That's not what you should call me. Whereas like, I don't know, it, it kind of along the lines of how, how he says to Obi-Wan, like, Anakin's gone. Like, I destroyed him. You know, he's like kind of mm-hmm. talking about him as like, as if he's this other person, but you can kind of t- tell that it's still him in there. Uh, 
And yeah, I don't know. It's just, he doesn't seem quite as robotic in these situations when you see someone associated so closely to Anakin Skywalker, you know, that line sort of gets blurred a little bit. It yeah, it makes her. sense. Cause that's, the, if you think about it, maybe I remember a bit too much specifically to the old Darth Vader, um, like the novelization that's straight after Revenge of the Sith, where he kind of like breaks down his character more. Yeah. And he, Anakin really has to in his in his head kill off. Yeah, the, in the co- in the comic books, yeah. yeah and, and and put it, put that old part of him into a box because if he was still who he used to be while doing all these atrocities, then he wouldn't be able to live with himself. So he's forced to put it in, put. Anakin, former Anakin, into a box and yeah. lock him away. And really, it's one of those things where if you've met people who have even like maybe like have PTSD or whatever, like they try to separate themselves from that, uh, and this they, but they never really deal with it. I feel like people people try to do that, but I'm just trying to use it as, a, as an example. And then there's triggers, right? There's a certain trigger that throws them back into that, yeah. and they try to often avoid that trigger and for Darth Vader not many people know that he was Anakin so it doesn't come up very often and because he hasn't spent the time to deal with it then if something brings it up he's very quick to uh, get, a, get a reaction out of him right right yeah exactly um all right, everyone, our escape pod is overheating, so uh, we just turned on the ventilation shafts, and uh, hopefully it's not too loud. <laughs> uh, is that, that's the last note I have for the first two episodes. Is there anything else you want to bring up before we hit number three and four? Um, well, I, I, I will say that when we first watched this, this is years ago now, I was expecting Darth Vader to be a lot more of a presence from the show going forward. Right. It's really not. It's really just here and then the finale, and I think that's it. They used them carefully, yeah. right? And uh, again, like I have my criticisms about the lightsaber duel, but uh, I'm glad kind of that they didn't make him the constant buffoonery that they make Grievous. the Inquisitors, right? That too. Because I have a big problem with two of the Inquisitors that show up later for a very particular reason that I will get into it. Uh, this will probably be in the next episode of Rebels Talk. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, season two, episode three, The Lost Commanders, written by Matt uh, Mitchnovitz and directed by Dave Filoni and Sergio Paz, premiered October 8th, 2015 at New York Comic Con and made its ta- TV debut October 14th, 2015 on Disney XD. Honorary guest star mention to D. Bradley Baker for being a highlight of this episode. Having barely escaped total destruction of the Rebel Cell Phoenix Squadron by Darth Vader, Ahsoka Tano sends the Ghost crew to locate a former military commander somewhere in the Silo system who has knowledge of useful hideouts in the Outer Rim. The crew discover the commander to be former clone trooper Captain Rex, accompanied by Commander Wolf and Clone Commando Gregor. Kanan is immediately hostile as soon as he found out about them being clones due to their role in Order 66. Although Rex claims they removed their brain chips, Ezra negotiates with Rex for information relating to the potential bases in the surrounding area. 
In return, Gregor enlists them for a hunt by using Zeb as bait to catch an elusive uh, Jupa. With the hunt successful, Rex holds up his end of the deal, but Sabine discovers that Wolf betrayed the ghost crew location and uh, to the Empire. A skirmish with an Imperial probe damages the Phantom shuttle, and the crew is temporarily stranded with the clones waiting for an Imperial assault. At least they had a good dinner. Uh, the way Ahsoka talks about Rex in this episode, she hasn't seen or heard from him in a while. She's lost track of him. That's the way that they put it. Her solution to find him is using the head of an old tactical droid. But how? How does this work? It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make any sense, man. Like, like they just plug this thing into the, the ship and it starts repeating the name, the, the clone ID name. Like, they don't even know what it does. But it starts repeating, like, you know, 7567, seven, you know, the, the clone... Yeah. Rex's number, right? Mm-hmm. How does it know? Like, how does it even know? Like, and why does it? Like, there's three clones there. Why would it be looking for Rex? Like, like I, don't, well, I just don't get it. Soka claimed at the beginning that the the droids were really good at figuring out how clones would think, right? Because they're specifically programmed to fight clones. Yeah. So, Soka's explanation is it'll just be able to what it knows about. Rex be able to figure out where he would hide? I don't know. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think it would make more sense to get it from like an Imperial record, maybe. Because they probably, they still have contact. Anything. We know that. Anything. Anything. Like even in the Mandalorian, they've got those, I don't even know how they work. Those those chips that track your bounty. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Even like, at least that would have been consistent, you know? But, and I know this was done before yeah, Mandalorian, just build a but bounty chip, isn't it? yeah, or just anything, like, right? Like, or, or some sort of like device that maybe they gene code. It's based on the gene code. Like, oh, chain chain code or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so like, what if they parted ways at one point? You know, like what the heck? Maybe she takes this tracker from him. Like, if you ever need anything, you you know, you'll find me. And like that's that's like how she can find him again. Maybe maybe she just hasn't bothered for a while, right? And that's her her last thing. She pulls out of her pocket like he gave me this before we parted ways for the last time I saw him. Use this to find him, right? That would have been so much more explanation, like more reason. Like I I would just have no issue with that, right? But like the the head of an old separatist droid just felt like a plug. Easter egg, just kind of, yeah. just for the hell of putting in like a separatist droid head. I was like, I can respect it, but at the same time, I just don't understand the technology of how how this works, right? Well, how does the like how does the chain code tracker work? That's the thing. Like, I, I, I'm still <laughs> puzzled about that, but at least it would have been consistent if they stepped like kept a one technology. Maybe it's related. I have no idea. Uh, this droid isn't a bounty hunter, so like. You know, it's just a tactical no, no, droid. No. Anything that can track someone a- across the entire galaxy to me just seems far fetched. Yeah. So now that we're talking about the the Jenko tracker from Mando, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, right? Get rid of it. Yeah, get rid- Yeah, or, or at least explain it in a way that makes sense. Like, like Is at there one a point, range? was Is the it- blood sampled in a way that maybe that's how it works? Like. I don't know. I still don't know how it works, but I would I would love to know. Does it like the problem is like as soon as you have stuff that works that way, a lot of the story like the rest of the stories fall apart. Like right. why couldn't they find the rebel base if they could just find the DNA of any rebel? Right. Exactly. Right. Like it just makes no sense. But I don't know. Again, my complaints. Like like to not to a non Star Wars fan, they'd probably be like. 
That's yeah, dumb. well then explain how the ships fly. And you know, it's like, okay, well, the there's force. a certain there's a certain <laughs> line of like in lore canon believability here. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm accepting that lightsabers exist and blasters work and ships fly, you know, and sound is in space. Like I'm accepting all of that, right? Right. There's it's, just it's a certain plot hole thing. creating thing. Yeah, it's just a plot hole creating thing. Yeah, it's like it's like magical th- it's like Harry Potter or anything, Lord of the Rings. Like there's a lore in place for a reason. And there's certain walls that you just do not cross, right? Like, why do the Inquisitors have such a hard time tracking down Jedi? Yeah. And they can't just use... They just use a, a something bounty, else. Ba- a bount- excuse me, a bounty chip. Yeah. Or like, if, if Ahsoka's been around since the Clone Wars, do they not have anything in the Jedi, like, temple that can find her? Like, there's, or, no, there's no way. Or in Bad Batch, we now see... Is it Bad Batch? Yeah, Bad Batch, we're seeing all these... These troopers go rogue when they could have just tracked them down with a droid head. Yeah. Like, what the heck's up with that? You know, like, I know they had the system. Like, Lasoka knew which planet they were on. Yeah. But this droid head just knew exactly where they were on the planet. It's like, how does it do that? Like, we've never seen this droid do anything like that in the Clone Wars. It's a good question. I don't know. Complaints to Dave. <laughs> Everyone, tweet storm him. Yeah. Tweet storm the guy. Hashtag yeah. Dave explain. <laughs> <laughs> what about Pablo? Get Pablo over here. Oh man, <laughs> that'd be that'd be quite something if he can answer that. Um, so something about this about this one is um, Kane's speech of the clones. Uh, Rex says to him that Wolf and Gregor didn't betray their Jedi, and uh, how they all removed their control chips. Is this overwritten by Dave in the Clone Wars finale, or is this just another one of those Obi-Wan point of view sort of things? From my point of view, you know, I was right and I'm not a liar. Like, are you saying, are you getting at there's a contradiction here? Yeah, there's a contradiction. Because like in the Clone Wars finale, Rex does, like he, he fights it, but he does shoot at Ahsoka Tano and, you know, gets... But he also then escapes with her. Well, she saves him, puts him in that thing, and removes the chip him herself. Right. Behind closed doors, behind locked right. closed doors. Right, right, So she saves him, right? And um, because of that, you know, Rex knows what to do for his fellow brothers in arms mm-hmm. and, and helps her in, in the end, of course, because he's no longer under the influence of this chip, right? Uh, but it was, it's just one of those things. It's like he says... Myself, Wolf, and Gregor, we didn't betray our Jedi. It's like, uh, dude, yeah, you did. <laughs> it's like, your Jedi saved you. Just one of those lies you tell yourself to feel better, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I mean, I know, he's, he, I know he's an old guy now. We, but he like, fought it for a very long time. He fought it for and like a couple her. seconds. Like, but he's, didn't he set her up to survive, though? No. No, he's still... I remember. It's been a while. Yeah, he's still, he still fired the guns. He still tried to kill her. That's what matters. I think, I think, like, the confusing thing is, of course, that Clone Wars episode arc was not finished until after Rebels had, yeah. had completed, right? So that's where the issue comes in. But it, we're running into another Obi-Wan's a liar issue, right? I don't remember owning a droid. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, you spent an entire trilogy and a whole Clone Wars show with this droid. Like, this is Anakin's droid. Of course you know we're who he is. They're all the same. They're just toasters, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you remember what toaster you had when you were 10? I mean, it would make more sense if there were so many more R2-D2 looking droids out That's there. That's true. They probably should have done that. They should have done that. They should have made <laughs> more R2s. Could you imagine making an entire assembly line for droids and just make one? 
Yeah, it's like, I mean, like, I know, I like, okay. But guys, but, we really need to turn a profit, but for some reason in this industry, we just can't get ahead. We just keep going under. Yeah. I yeah. know, let's make another droid, but only one. It's like, uh, I've got the only Google Pixel that's orange, everybody. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> it has to have custom parts. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I have a hard time believing anything. Like, like that's just straight up like an unfixable kind of plot hole sort mm-hmm. of scenario, right? Like, you know, and there's so many things where it's like, Obi-Wan's a liar. He, and, then, and then he's like, well, from a certain point of view, it's like, you know <laughs> what? Just shove that stick somewhere else, man. Like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear the plot hole stuff, but I look over it because I love Star Wars. Let me, let me throw a suggestion for Rex here. Yeah. So when they're under the control of the chip, don't they not remember what happened? No, they blank out. They they kind of they kind of they're in a they're in like a dream dream state of mind, right? They can't control their actions. So then theoretically, from the clones' perspective, none of them betrayed their Jedi. Right. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> Yes, yeah, well, I didn't betray my Jedi. Maybe a flashback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. count. I was drunk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, really? Yeah. Anyways, anyways, uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, that was just minor complaint, but whatever. The the Ryloth tune from the Clone Wars whistles as Hera speaks the truth to Kanan about how the clones saved her people and him countless times, no doubt. Um, uh, did you hear that little tune? I think that one went over my head. Oh, okay, all right. It was like in the Ryloth arc. There was like um. It's so specific. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we do this podcast. Man. It's the specifics. Um, I, I, okay, here, here's the. Let me see if I can look it up here. Ryloth, Ryloth theme, Ryloth theme. No, no. No, we looked that up. I'm curious. This planet. Have we been to this planet before? Because it looks a lot like the Salt Flats planet that we went to with. R2 and the other droids when they're on the secret mission. It does. It almost looks like crate too. You know, the way that the ground is like cracked and hollow underneath and everything. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it was, you know, how do these Jupas get around under there? Like, do they dig? Are they like worms? Yeah, like, I, well, we saw Mandalorian season two, crate dragons too, right? So, right. They kind of, you know, like worms, really fast worms. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I actually really liked the, the, the hunt. Um, you know, all the, all the crap that they put Zeb through. I thought that was kind of hilarious, you know. <laughs> oh, he didn't realize that he was supposed to just be bait? Yeah, He yeah. thought he was a hunter? Yeah, yeah. I love the end, too. Like, I'll, I'll, play, I'll play a little clip and at the, the reason, end. And but, uh, you, how many of... Uh, I'm blanking now. What's, what is Zeb's race? Uh, he's a Lasat. How many Lasats have been on this planet specifically hunting Jupas for them to be a favorite snack? <laughs> Right? Like, it's so specific. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe these existed up once upon a time on Lasan. Oh, like, maybe. I don't know. Okay, here, here's, here's, the, here's the audio tune, all right? Clones, huh? Ahsoka's always full of surprises. Well, don't get your hopes up. The great leader's not coming back with us. And you don't want him to. I understand your fears, but... I also remember when the Jedi and clones fought side by side. They saved billions of lives, including my own. I know. Then maybe that's a start. I gotta get back to these repairs if we're ever gonna get out of this system. There it is. Signal when you're en route. 
That we is... play it again. Just just the music bit because it's you're paying attention to the audio. I yeah. almost missed it. Side by side, they saved billions of I'll lives. Crank it up. I'll crank it up. Including my own. I know. Then maybe that's a start. I gotta get back to these repairs if we're ever gonna get out of this system. Yeah, it's like went, the flute. It's that the went flute. way over my head. I did not notice that at all. You know, you hear it all the time in the in the Ryloth arc, you know, with um, Boyle and Waxer and, you know, when they meet uh, Numa, the little girl with the teddy bear that they save and stuff. Like, it's like a... Oh, yeah. It's like a... Yeah, it's in the Clone Wars a lot, but that that they associate that, that song. Kevin Kiner, he's a, he's a genius composer for these animated series, and he uh, he stitches together that theme when... Just just to trigger your memory, if anyone out there recognized the Easter egg of the theme, that's you know, crazy, just stitched dude, in there. You noticed that. Yeah, I was like, dang, that's awesome. That's a cool little, like, kind of nod to the fact that Hera saw all of that action, you know, being on Ryloth. Her dad is Cham Syndulla. You know, like, he was the freedom fighter for the, for the Ryloth people. Like, he was in the fight. He was, like, you know, like, just, just... Tarrant, you know, like, like he's the guy, like he's the guy that liberated their people other than the Jedi and, and the clones. Right. And it's just like, man, like this, this song is like kind of, it's kind of like emotionally connected with like the freedom of like the Twi'leks. And like, I don't know when I heard that little thing, like when she remembers like what the clones did for her and they play that song, I was like, Oh yeah. Hits the right spot. Um, like, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, oh, so cool. I'm, I'm impressed that you noticed that because that went, that went over my head for sure. Yeah, so. yeah. You're welcome, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I love how I love how when they approach the the ATTE, you know, Zeb looks up. He's like, "It's just a couple of old geezers." That's <laughs> 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 so good. I love that. I don't know. He's just. I thought that was hilarious. And and also just the fact that if you think about these clones, because they they age twice as fast. Yeah, probably only like, like forty, not even forty, not like thirty, mid thirties. Right, they're they're on growth acceleration, right? Yeah, yeah. so they're they're definitely, yeah, they should be, they should be in there, they should be about twenty, thirty years, thirty years old, maybe roughly, or something. Yeah. yeah, and they look like they're sixty, so yeah, because yeah. they grow twice as fast, right? We can grow them in half the time. It's funny yeah. though. We think they could. Technology. Yeah. Why didn't they just make the cells so they accelerate through like the first twenty years? <laughs> I don't know. And then maybe they just stop. So no then they're just idea. twenty forever. Yeah, I've no idea. No. If they can control the cells like that, why can't they? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Because they're a bunch of dicks. Because <laughs> they're cheap. <laughs> they're cheap. That's probably what it is. Actually, yeah. it's yeah. cheaper. Didn't get enough money. Uh, Rex does talk about his loose connection to the Empire as well in this episode. And I want to see this connection play out in The Bad Batch Season 3. Because this has confused me for a long time now. Uh, Gregor, Wolf, I know we've seen Gregor show up in The Bad Batch so far. Uh, so far, we haven't really seen much come about that. But uh, we haven't seen anything from Wolf so far. Um, I'd like to know, how did these three end up together? Where the heck is The Bad Batch in the events of this show? Uh, I mean, if they're not all dead already, I mean, we've known from previous Star Wars shows and movies in the past that not everyone needs to die at the end of a Star Wars show if they don't pop up later in the saga or the series. Um, 
evidently, I mean, this has happened with the entire crew of Star Wars Rebels are now showing up in Ahsoka. So, Mm -hmm. like, it's just one of those things that I just think, okay, maybe we'll see the Bad Batch at some point in the future. You know, season three is the last, but maybe they'll pop up at some point. I would just like season three to kind of, like, explain why or how these three characters ended up together in this spot, right? Gregor, Wolf, Rex, how did they find each other? What's what's Wolf's story? Like, how did he know about the chips? Also, because of what we've seen in Bad Batch, I'm, I've been left very confused. In ha- did Rex go back to the Empire? Yeah, because he says He's that he was like reporting places to the Empire, right? Because he had the last time we saw him, he was like got his hood up. He was like trying to avoid the Empire and everything. You yeah, know, he like, was helping other clones escape. Yeah, yeah, and that's the last one that we heard. But like he was, so he was defying the Empire without them even knowing that he exists anymore, right? And they thought he was dead because of what we saw at the end of the Clone Wars finale. Yeah, right. He escaped with Ahsoka. So like my que- my question to the room really is just kind of like. At least I would like to see how they he went from that to being employed with the Empire now. Did they catch up to him? Did they like he faking up being at a clone number? Yeah, maybe. Like I don't I don't know, but like they're supposed to report in every now and again and he says, Well, there's a couple places that we haven't reported to the Empire and you know, like maybe we can hook you up with a nice new base or whatever. So like I, I don't know. I, I just thought like, okay, well if they're working for the Empire again, like Again, is this going to be one of those like weird loop like plot hole things like now that we're rewriting history a little bit, like going back to before the show takes place yeah, in the uh, batch? Ch- chances are they'll come up with some scheme to get out of yeah. it, right? Like, yeah. like explaining how the uh, the Falcon made it under like was 12 parsecs. Yeah, right, right. It's a, yeah, it's like a unit of distance. So like, uh, yeah, and then he exaggerates. Like, it's yeah. a it's a spiral. They no. cut through the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, season two, episode four, Relics of the Old Republic, written by Stephen Melching and directed by Bosco, premiered on uh, October 8, 2015. Uh, New York Comic Con as well made its t- TV debut, Disney XD, October 21st, 2015. Uh, this is going back a while. So um, the Empire tracks the Lothal rebels to Celos. Admiral Constantine and Agent Kallus arrive in the Celo system to capture the Jedi, and Rex gives the Lothal rebels a data chip containing old Republic bases in the Outer Rim. Ezra tries to persuade the clones to join the rebellion, but Rex and the clones instead offer to delay the Empire so the Lothal rebels can escape. Agent Kallus commands the clones to hand over the rebels, but when Rex refuses, Kallus arrives with three ATATs, opting not to do an orbital bombardment. Taking advantage of a sandstorm and the forest, Kane and Ezra and the clones use the ATTE's main gun to destroy one of the ATATs. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Admiral Constantine is summoned away by Darth Vader. Uh, instead of meeting him, the Admiral meets Fifth Brother, who claims that he will succeed where Callus and Constantine have failed. The Lothal rebel- rebels prepare to leave on the Phantom, but Ezra is unwilling to leave Rex and the clones behind. 
Kanan, Ezra, and Zeb commandeer one of the AT-ATs and turn its weapon on Callus's AT-AT, which Rex destroys with a critical hit from the ATTE. Callus flees the battle on a speeder away from the AT-ATs, and Hera returns to pick up the clones and the ghost crew. We're uh, camping out on the ATTE, mind you, returning to the Rebel flotilla, abandoning the ATTEs and the ATATs, and the Lothal Rebels and Rex reunite with Ahsoka. That was confusing. Let's do it again, but instead, <laughs> ATAT, let's use the word Imperial Walker. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, I was, I was, I added a few more of those in there that I need to do. But, um, so, a very Empire Strikes Back feeling moment when the ground assault begins. You see these ATATs, Imperial Walkers, coming out from the, the sandstorm in the yeah. distance. It was a cool shot. Uh, there was uh, a lot to like about it. You know, seeing the clones fight stormtroopers, that's always cool. Yeah. You know, you don't always get to see that anymore. Man, um, I still wish that they had went through with the, the old storyline where you had the, the clones rebel against the stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I mean, Bad Batch, right? Like, maybe we'll see that happen. Like, we don't know. Man, but it feels like a cool. stretch right now, but I hope. I, I hope, hope so. Yeah, I love what Rex says when he's, like, talking to Callus. He's like, you know, like, he says something about, like, there's three of you. I have thousands of stormtroopers at my disposal. And then Rex is like, oh, you're going to need all of them. <laughs> and, and then Zeb's like, oh, I like these guys. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, the clones are so much better, you know, in a fight. Like, they just take on the Empire, like, head on and just just wreck them up. You know, it was, it was great. I love how they're always commenting how crap the new armor is too because it's yeah. so, so cheap and mass produced. Yeah, I love how they make comments about that too. Like, you know, one of them puts on a helmet at one point point. like, you can't see anything in this stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, this, this yeah. A, in, the, in the Bad Batch, I think they said that. Like well, they, they also do it specifically it happens to Rex in like, I think four episodes from now. Right, yeah. Yeah, and then of course Luke says, uh, you know, the first one to say, you "Can't see a thing in this." Yeah. That's why everyone yeah. complains and they never change it. Yeah, they never change it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. The ATATs versus the ATTE is a great old versus new battle. New being the ATATs, right? Mm -hmm. Like let's let's not forget the old Bigger, stuff is you know, the Republic stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like it was kind of cool to see the ATAT just take on an old clone walker and just weirdly like we've seen those things take hits before. And, like, it takes a hit from the AT-AT and it's, like, boom. Like, you know, it just smoke billowing out the back. Like, oh, sparks yeah. like and sparks. knocks spark. it back. Like, whoa. Collapses the legs. Yeah. Like, I was, like, dang. Like, like that is that is crazy. Like, I know like I know technology evolves, but, like, seeing something that's, like, 20 years apart, like, mm -hmm. you know, in a ground assault vehicles like that, like, clearly there's there's been some improvements um, in, in some, some ways. I'd be curious, <laughs> like, the if you were to take, like, a modern-day tank... Yeah. And like a World War II tank, and see if there was that much of a difference. Is there though? Yeah, I'd be very curious too. I don't know enough. Like, I'm about sure it's tanks. A, I'm sure it's improved. I'm sure rounds are bigger. Probably more tech in them. Probably faster. The armor's probably yeah. stronger. But like, if they were to actually fight each other, I'm curious if it would be that much of a difference. Right. That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting for sure. Um, very cool to see though, and uh, you know, I love how that. <laughs> I love how it takes like the biggest hit ever, and then <laughs> Greg's like, "All right, come on, Wolf, it's just a scratch." <laughs> they just shake it off and they keep going. It's also, like, how does that what? work? Could you imagine driving a car and like 
something hits you, hit, you, hit, you run into something and it just, the whole thing collapses. Yeah. And you just grab the steering wheel and shake it and it gets up again. That's yeah. Or like, you, you just turn it harder. Like, <laughs> it feels like, Oh, what? I forgot to hit the get up and work harder button. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I don't, I don't understand how that, how that works. Right. Like, cause he's like yanking back on these, like, like a saddle. It's like yeah. he's riding a horse. Like, come on, let's do it. But they do that with ships in Star Wars too. Like they, they just go, they just go ham on the, what's it called? The yoke. Right, like when they're like mm. going up, like, yeah. you know, like they're like like ripping it back. It's like, sure. what's that gonna do? Like, is this not electrically assisted? <laughs> also, like, they have internal gravities. There's no g-force. Right. So it'd be like you, it'd be like you're actually playing like an X-wing game, and you're doing. That. It's like you're telling me you got <laughs> ray shields, laser weapons, missiles, everything, and you don't have power steering. <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on budget here? Budget cuts, man. Budget oh cuts. man, budget cuts. No, 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 you know, no kidding. Um, yeah. So this was this was a good episode. Uh, fifth brother enters the scene. You know, the was this this was the first time that we've seen it's second the guy time. With the hat. Yeah, yeah, the samurai guy. This is uh, Han from Fast and Furious and Obi Wan Kenobi. It's also the guy with the same hat in Clone Wars, right? Yeah, Zemo or something. Uh, same guy. Uh, no, different, different, different species, different, different. Oh, hat. is it? Oh, I thought it was. It was Embo, the bounty Embo. hunter. Yeah, That's different the... species, different hat. Who's but, Zebo? Uh, Embo. Yeah, but who's Zebo? I said Zebo. Oh, Zebo. Zebo was that um, that uh, Rodian guy that knew about Ezra's parents a couple episodes ago. Oh man. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you just basically yeah. can say any word and it'll be a character in Star Wars. <laughs> Jar Jar. <laughs> That's a character. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Fifth brother enters the scene. And Ahsoka and Rex meet again. There's a very emotional hug between the two of them. And it's very uh, touching to see that because there was a lot of genuine um, genuineness about it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, to anyone who's seen Clone Wars ever, it is genuine. Like it's it is genuinely genuine. Yeah, it's very genuinely genuine. <laughs> Something genuine about it. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's pretty much all we got. Um, well, do you have anything you want to bring up before we wrap it up here? Well, I thought it was super cool. Seeing, because a lot of this this two part arc was about Kanan coming to terms and working and kind of getting over mm, uh, yeah. dealing with clones. Yeah, he's, he's very traumatized and you know rightly so. Yeah, and that's the fact true. that they were forced to work together in that sandstorm, I thought was super cool. That whole battle, the whole was battle like was hiding awesome. in the, in this sandstorm to to basically survive the fight, and it was like really their only angle. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. I also really love how they demonstrated Rex's faith in the Jedi. Yeah. Like how he really does hold the Jedi in high regard for their abilities, for, for their, uh, for their mastery over the force and like what they can accomplish by just doing what they do. And as a soldier, like, you know, he's kind of grown up in a war around that, right? Around not only just anyone, he's the most powerful Jedi ever, right? The most powerful Jedi ever. <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, you know, he's seen some crazy stuff. So like, you know, quite frankly, like, yeah, he's got a lot of faith that Kanan and Ezra can pull this off. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool about well, this episode. He, like you're saying, you, you would have seen it over and over again, uh, by working with a Jedi, just achieve the impossible. That's right. So he yeah. just has his unshaking faith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, it was a good one. Uh, well, that is uh, Star Wars Rebels Part 6, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, uh, Blake, for coming back on the show. Episodes 1 and 2, The Siege of Lothal. This is the episode with Darth Vader. 
comes in swinging. You know, we had uh, the the realization of Ahsoka and and Darth Vader. Pablo Fonsipudu's because we did it two is one. Two is one, yeah. So for, this goes for the rating goes for the two parter. I'm gonna merge them together for this. Sure. Um, two Pablo points. Sorry, you know what? One point five. Yeah. One point five. Okay. One point five. Uh, yeah. That's roughly where I'm at too. Yeah. Because uh, it was a good episode. I almost just see Darth Vader kick some butt. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Good. This is a huge reveal at the time because we're always wondering about this. Yeah. So I'll give it two. Two. Yeah. All right. I'll give it two. Cool. Next one up is episode three of season two. That's the Lost Commanders. That's uh, the first episode that we see Captain Rex and Gregor and Wolf for the first time. They use Zeb as bait for the Jupa. And uh, that was where it was. That's where it ended. And then the Empire is on its way in the very end of the episode because Wolf kind of betrayed them. That's right. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this one a one Pablo point. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing because... Looking back on it, not a lot happened. Yeah. But at the same time, I was really excited to see Rex. Yeah, and I the was. Other yeah. Clones. Yeah. So that kind of overshadows everything else. And the loopholes kind of do it in for me a little bit. Otherwise, it would probably give it higher. But I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I'm hoping they'll figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. One, one, one Pablo point. Yeah, season two, episode four, Relics of the Old Republic. This was the second part to that arc. And we had the battle between the ATAT and the ATTEs. And uh, I'm going to give this one straight up. 1.75 oh. Pablo points. Oh man, this one was cool. I love seeing the tank battle, and, and there's a lot. There's a lot of growth in Kane in this episode, which I thought was sorely needed. Yeah. Fortunately, it wasn't enough to cure him of it entirely, as we'll see in the following episodes. So I will give it two and three sixteenths. Two and three sixteenths. That's right. You've heard it here. There we have it. Pablo points and poodoos, everybody. All right, man. We'll see you in the next one. We'll see you out there. Keep flying. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, thank you for bearing with us as our escape pod is falling apart at the seams. And uh, hopefully you've uh, had a chance to throw your name in that giveaway to uh, give yourself a chance of winning a retro series Star Wars Orbit Key. Thanks again to Orbit Key for that. And, uh, you know, for tuning into Star Wars Rebels, Rebels Talk. Uh, following along with us at home. You can find us in the socials below in the description with the handle at Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and many more platforms, including our YouTube, uh, which uh, comes out on Tuesdays at noon. Watch for those accelerated releases on the spreadsheets. We will be pumping as many Rebel Stock episodes out there as fast as we can. May the force be with you. We're looking forward to Ahsoka, and we will see you in the next episode of Star Wars Escape Pod. 